Do you work at a church where there's not an eldership? Today we're going to talk about what to do if we're in that situation and how do we lead into establishing an eldership. Alright, welcome everyone uh, to Bearing Up. Uh, it's just me today. Uh, but uh, I wanted to talk about something that I've referred to uh, several times uh, in this podcast. Uh, I've referred to um, establishing the eldership here in Moultrie um, and um, working. And, and uh, I think we've actually kind of went through that process while we were recording Bearing Up. Uh, and I kind of gave a little bit of updates and th- some some of the things that we were we were doing. Um, but here in Moultrie, I've worked um, as the preacher uh, without an eldership, uh, and we are getting ready uh, for uh, the first year to be completed uh, with our eldership that we have now. Uh, and so, on the last Sunday of this month, we are going to. Uh, sort of recognize them, honor them for their work that they've done this year. Um, but I think that this is an important question because there are a lot of, there's a lot of small churches um, and there's a lot of churches that don't have an eldership and they don't really know what to do uh, as far as establishing uh, an eldership. Uh, the Bible doesn't really tell us, um, you know, the practical steps um, that, are needed uh, in order to go from being an elderless church uh, to having those roles uh, set and in place. Um, you know, it, it talks about in the book of Acts, when they established elders in each city, in each congregation, um, you know, they commended them and, uh, you know, they believed and the church kept growing. And, and it doesn't really say, you know, how the process works and so the question uh that a lot of people have is okay how how do we do this and how um do we move from from being without elders uh to establishing an eldership uh so uh, i'm focusing on the elders first um we have yet to establish deacons here um and uh it's something that i've talked to the elders about but um, it's something that we have to kind of work on, uh, and we're going to be looking at that, uh, here, uh, as well. Um, but you don't want to establish deacons before you establish elders, <laughs> uh, because the elders are the shepherds of the church. Um, and, uh, the deacons, they are ministers of the church. They have a special role in ministering. Um, but, uh, there is definitely a a call to have the shepherds in place um before them uh and so uh we're going to see why in, in part of our discussion today um and i don't really know how to put this as far as steps go um but you could say that there are there are steps to this uh i'm speaking from my personal experience um, but I'm also going to try my best to uh, reflect the things in Scripture um, that uh, I have uh, learned from and have kind of helped guide me through the whole process. So, uh, how do you get started um, and, and get moving into, um, you know, you maybe you're a minister and and you are wanting to establish elders at the congregation, maybe you kind of have kind of felt around, you feel like there's men that are qualified, um, but you're not sure, and maybe they need a little bit of training, maybe they need a little bit of something, some time uh, to get ready. Um, But wherever you are, uh, I think that an ultimatum uh, is important. Now, that might be surprising because you don't really want to give an ultimatum uh, with very much of anything (laughs) most of the time. 
Um, but this is uh, what I chose to do uh, here in Moultrie. Um, and the ultimatum wasn't, unless this happens, you know, then I'm going to do this. Uh, that, that's, that's not what I'm talking about here. Um, the congregation here in Moultrie has not had elders for about 40 years. Um, and I believed at the time that we had men who were qualified. Um, and so, uh, that being the case, we also saw that there wasn't any proactive, uh, work being done, uh, to train or to, uh, set up an eldership. We were just acting like we were just content with the Benz business meetings and, and uh, we were paying no attention at all uh, to the biblical model. Uh, and so uh, with as much transparency and with sincerity of heart, I rebuked the congregation. Uh, and I did this um, in love. And I did this um, with the idea of we have to be proactive. We can't just expect that it's going to happen someday. We have to be working towards this. Uh, and the ultimatum that I gave is we're going to talk about this and we're going to keep talking about it until it happens, uh, which sounds pretty crazy. And depending on your situation, you may be like, well, I'm going to be doing this for years. <laughs> um, but that's the idea. Uh, the idea is um, you've got to be proactive uh, and there can't be uh, this well, it'll just happen someday. Uh, because there have been uh, a lot of preachers before me here in, in Moultrie, and, and it's not to say that they did anything wrong or that they didn't, um, you know, that they uh, weren't teaching uh, the right way or encouraging men in the right way. Maybe it was not time uh, in, in those particular situations. Um, maybe it was, it was not the right time uh, for elders to be established. Um, but typically what happens uh, in a lot of places is uh, you teach on the subject for a little while, maybe a month or a couple months, a few months, uh, and then uh, you stop and it fizzles out and uh, there's no more discussing it at all. Um, and then you're back to square one. So there's, there's an importance to the idea of we must continually have growth, we must have continual training uh, to where when this happens uh, one day uh, that uh, these men will be prepared and, and ready and maybe you're in a situation now where there's not qualified men well are, are these men that are not qualified presently are they going to be prepared um, later uh, when they are older and and uh, you know, are they going to have the kind of training and preparation to do the work of elders uh, if they're not in, engaged in, in uh, doing shepherding types of things or learning about what, what a shepherd is? Because um, you, know, you, you will have men in, in every congregation uh, that you know, are married. They're the husband of one wife. Uh, and they are very uh, into the scriptures and they know the scriptures. Um, but they will reach a, a good age. Maybe they retire or they're close to it or they're, you know, they're just, they're older and they're wise and they're, you know, they could step into the position, uh, but they, but they don't, uh, and they, they, they continue on, uh, and, uh, they, they don't ever take that, uh, position, even though in, in other people's eyes, they may, um, uh, they may be qualified to do that. And so there, there has to be this, this idea of, of preparation and, and training. Um, we have to be proactive. Um, we need to do training. There needs to be something uh, that takes place. And so the ultimatum, again, was we're going to talk about this. There's going to be training, and maybe it's not time for it now. Um, but we're going to do this and we're going to um, uh, take this upon ourselves as, as an important work for the church. Um, so 
the biblical authority behind this is that we are aiming, if we are a church of the New Testament, we are aiming to fulfill the biblical model, right? The biblical model is not the men's business meeting. That is not what God designed the church to be and to operate with. Um, and so if there is a biblical model to have elders and deacons, uh, then shouldn't we aim for that model? Shouldn't we aim to be the church of the New Testament, be organized in the way that, that God has divinely uh, set up? Because there's not just wisdom in it. Uh, there is the scriptural aspect of it. You know, we want to be like the church of the New Testament. And so we should be the church of the New Testament, uh, aiming to be modeled uh, directly after them. So there's your biblical authority for for why you are going about this process. But you, as the preacher, perhaps, uh, the, the preacher's job is to do this. Uh, uh, in Scripture, the preacher is given authority to set up the eldership. Um, we see this in Titus chapter 1 and verse 5. So Paul says to Titus, and at this point, you know, he's a, you know, a young preacher. Uh, and he says, uh, for this reason, I left you in Crete, that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. Uh, so as far as biblical authority to do uh, this, it, the, the preacher does have the authority to do that. Um, you know, there is shepherding to be done. Um, if, if you are the lone preacher and there's no eldership, you're doing shepherding in, in some aspect, um, already. Uh, and so there has to be some guidance. There has to be some leadership, uh, in this. Uh, and so, uh, you've got the, the biblical authority there, uh, to begin, uh, this process. Um, it may be a good idea to talk about it with the, the leadership, um, you know, to talk about it at the men's business meeting before you do anything. Um, I chose not to do this. Um, and I, I chose to, to not do this because, again, there is that the biblical authority in, in Scripture. Um, and because uh, sometimes men will be so uh, comfortable with that men's business meeting that they'll try to shut you down. Um, and... Uh, that, that shouldn't be something that takes place. This is something that should be done, uh, regardless of what anybody says, honestly. Uh, that might get you in trouble, uh, but uh, you need to do the right thing. Uh, and the right thing in your position probably is to do something, uh, to be proactive uh, if there is not an eldership there, and that's something that each church should try uh, to strive for. Again, you may not have the qualified men now, um, but training, uh, getting ready for that is very important. So after all of that, after kind of issuing this idea, we're going to talk about this. Um, you need to gather your topics. You need to uh, you know, gather up your lessons and ideas. And fortunately, I had already made a list before issuing this ultimatum. Uh, maybe that's an idea that you want to do too. You know, I on the, the night that I gave my rebuke and I said what we were going to do, uh, I told everyone that I've, I've got over 40-something lessons planned. Uh, and I hadn't had them all planned out, the, the, um, the outlines or anything of, of that nature, but I had several topics. Um, and... Uh, I'd like to share a little bit about uh, some of the things that we talked about. Um, we began with the importance of the task. What happens when there's not an eldership? Uh, what are some things that are happening that are falling through the cracks because there's not shepherds watching over the flock? Um, I would dive into the qualifications pretty early. Um, I would go through those qualifications uh, just to review, maybe it's been a while, what is an elder, what is it supposed to be, you know, what is the eldership for, these things need to be established. Um, 
I used a program called SALT, which is the Sunset uh, Academy of Leadership Training. Uh, and they have a lot of resources on there. Um, they had a series on why men don't lead. Uh, and so we went through that. We talked about the honorable work of being elders. We, we talked about the work of shepherds guiding the flock, protecting the flock, feeding the flock. Uh, we talked about being accessible. Uh, we talked about um, when overseeing becomes micromanaging. So there's some things that you can kind of get a little deeper into. Um, submitting to God as a shepherd. Submitting to one another uh, as a shepherd. Trying to prevent a head elder situation. Um, endorsing the decision of the elders within the eldership. Uh, talk about missions and evangelism. Talk about early, orderly worship. Talk about visiting the shut-ins and the sick. Um, talk about the prayer life of, of elders. Talk about uh, church budgeting. There's so many different things. Counseling and confidentiality. You talk about the elder's family, the elder's wife, understanding his task and providing encouragement. The elder's wife being the example of uh, of a Christian woman, um, you know, you can talk about addressing the congregation. You can talk about the relationships with the preacher and other ministers, and it just goes on and on and on and on. Uh, I didn't, I didn't get through everything uh, before we established elders, uh, but I've got a list of forty-six different uh, lesson ideas. Uh, if you're really interested in that, I can send that to you. Just reach out and I will get that to you. Uh, but the, the point is, is that you want to kind of gather your topics and you want to, um, maybe you want to speak more general about things at first and then you want to get into the more nitty gritty things. Uh, but uh, the idea is that you want to develop this and maybe it's a growing list. Uh, you're going to be talking about this for a while, perhaps. Uh, and so it's a growing list. You want to keep getting more ideas. You want to keep uh, exploring uh, the different things that you can do. Um, you may want to take uh, some lesson recommendations. Uh, you may have a little sermon suggestion box and say, what is something that we need to uh, you know, consider when it comes to um, elders? And maybe somebody will put some um, suggestions as to uh, some things that they need to that we need to consider, you know, as a congregation or these men who, who uh, you know, may one day become elders, uh, what sort of things that they need to, to see um, and, and hear and talk about. Uh, it's a good idea to do uh, a lot of this. Maybe you want to do it as a sermon series. Uh, I think that a great other option, and what I did was I did this as the Sunday morning Bible class. Um, I, I would be careful about, and it's it's up to you, and it's it's based off of the kind of involvement that you have. Uh, I would be careful about having this at a different time than when you're uh, than you, when you're all together, right? Because you could you could plan to do this the the first Saturday of of each month, or every other Saturday morning, or on a Tuesday night, or something like that. Uh, you're just not gonna get the the people there. Uh, you're, you're not going to get the same group of people there. Um, and it's a great thing to do in a Sunday morning Bible class. Um, like the adult Bible class, because, um, it's more than just these men that need to, to hear this. The congregation needs to hear these things. They, they should know what, um, what an elder's job is and what they are to, uh, what are all the pressures that elders have and and they need to see that um you know that this is a difficult task um and but they they need to also understand that uh they need to encourage uh the men who are elders um they need to know all right this is something i need to bring before the elders this is a problem that i have and i need to come to them uh, they need to be familiar with the work of elders and what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and that helps with the transition as well. All right. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and uh, we'll get back to this and discuss uh, where to go from this point on.
Thanks so much for watching or listening this morning or whenever you are listening to this podcast. Uh, we ask that you will like, share, subscribe, uh, follow us, uh, leave a comment. Uh, and uh, all of these things help the ag- algorithms so that other people will see this. And so uh, we are thankful uh, for, for you doing that. Uh, we ask also that you will uh, check out the Ministry League. Uh, the Ministry League is... Uh, a fantastic program made up of many different ministers and they do all kinds of different works uh, there is the ministry league experience that is coming up and you can learn more about that at their website ministryleague.com we also ask that you'll check out the ministry league app uh, there's a lot of uh, resources on there uh, there's a great songbook. there's a library of podcasts like this uh, and so check out the ministry league uh, app and check out the Bearing Up Shop. Um, your uh, contributions to that, uh, part of that goes to uh, us being able to, to share this more. Um, and so we are thankful uh, that uh, if, if you support us in that way, uh, none of that is for profit. It's, it's all for us to be able to do this. Uh, and so uh, we thank you so much for um, checking that out. The, the bearing up shop and the link is in the description of this episode so with all of that said uh, we thank you so much for listening and watching again and we'll get back to this episode all right so we've talked about you know sort of making that announcement you can call it ultimatum just an announcement uh that you know you're going to be doing this uh, we've talked about gathering your topics uh your lesson ideas um and maybe this is something that kind of coincides with all of that. You want to lay out your plan. Uh, you want to lay out the practical things that you're going to be doing. Uh, because teaching on it is is a good first place to start. But you have to do some practical steps as well. You know, the Bible, like we said, it doesn't illustrate these steps that you need to take in setting up an eldership. Um, so we have to figure out some expedient and some practical things that we can do to make the process smoother, to make the process transparent. Uh, and transparency is like the number one thing that has to be uh, expressed uh, throughout all of this. It's, you know, you're not trying to do anything malicious. Uh, you're not trying to do anything uh, and, and try to speed up the process uh, because you're just so gung-ho about it and you just want it to happen, um, there needs to be a transparency, you know, that your desire is to do what the Bible says. Uh, We're going to try and do this in a biblical way. Uh, We're going to try and do this with humility. Uh, And the plan needs to be laid out. So uh, I I do have some steps that you can kind of go uh, with in this way and this is the the things that i've done um so after you have been teaching for a while um the congregation needs to issue recommendations uh they need to recommend uh the elders and i think that this is important because uh you as the preacher don't need to do the recommendations um it it needs to be a consensus by the by the church uh, the church needs to make those recommendations um, because uh, they they are being shepherded uh, and they can see uh, who are the individuals that have been doing shepherding. Again, just because there's not shepherds doesn't mean there's not shepherding to be done. Uh, and I'm very proud and thankful to say that the men who are elders here now, they were doing some shepherding before um, before being established into that role, uh, there were things that they did in helping others and in looking out for others and doing the business of the church and all of that other stuff. Um, they were doing these things uh, before uh, becoming elders. And so the church sees that uh, and the church needs to make those recommendations. Um, what we have here is we have a sermon suggestion box uh, and it is it's locked. Uh, I'm the only one that has a key to it. 
Uh, and so for the period of time where we did recommendations, I asked that they uh, put their recommendations in there uh, so nobody else could get to them. Um, you know, that was just something that I would be able to see. Um, and uh, maybe there's another way that you can do that. Um, but for about a period of a month, uh, the recommendations here took place and the uh, the issuing of these recommendations was announced uh, every every service. Every time we got together, we reminded, uh, if you have recommendations for uh, the eldership, uh, please you know put them in the sermon suggestion box or whatever you decide to be a, a good and safe way of doing that. Um, the timing is very important. Uh, you don't want to do too early um, because you kind of you want everyone to see that you're serious about this, that you're going to talk about this as long as it takes. Um, they need to be familiar with the work of elders and uh, and the qualifications of elders. They need to know these things. They need to be, um, you know, present in their hearts. Uh, they need to have been considering them. But you also don't want it to be very late either. Um, there needs to be more teaching than just a month. Uh, after a month is, is probably not a, a good time to do it. Uh, maybe it is in your circumstances, but uh, I think that there's probably going to be a, a need to do more teaching than, than just what you're able to do in a month. Um, but it also should still be done while there's still some excitement about the possibility. Uh, and, and maybe... Um, you know, you do the recommendations and, and uh, you know, you find out in this process that you're not ready uh, to establish elders. Well, you keep teaching and then you do recommendations again uh, at, at a later point in time. Um, but uh, I went ahead and I waited four months after teaching. Uh, I had been teaching it on Sunday nights as a sermon series uh, and then I moved it into a Sunday morning Bible class and, and was teaching and all of that teaching. There was about four months of time. Um, there was the natural transition of, of January uh, being the new year. And so in January, we took our, our recommendations. The church had a month uh, to issue those recommendations. Um, I think that it's important since you are the preacher to be the one that they hand uh, the recommendations too. Um, you need to be and strive to be the, you know, the unbiased third party throughout all of this. Uh, your desire is not for any particular man to be an elder. Uh, your desire is not uh, to uh, please anyone uh, in the congregation. Your desire is to uh, do things in God's ways. Uh, and according to his word uh, and in faith that that God can bring this about. Uh, and so uh, you need to be the unbiased third party. They need to make those recommendations to you. Um, once that period of time has taken place, uh, it's a good idea to close the recommendations. Uh, you might get a few more uh, in that sermon suggestion box, which I did. Um, and that may happen and that's fine. Uh, but you want to kind of express that there's there's a closure to the recommendations. Uh, and for maybe a period of about a month again, uh, you want to speak privately to the men who have been recommended. So that would be the, the second step in this laying out of your plan, the practical things that you can do. Uh, after the recommendations, you need to speak privately to these men. I would not speak to them as a group. I would speak to each individual. I would go to them, maybe have lunch with them. Uh, you know, if you're able to uh, do that uh, with their job or, or whatever the circumstances may be, you should be able to, to meet with them in some way. Um, you don't need to gather the list of recommendations and then announce it. Don't do that uh, because... <laughs> These men uh, and their families can be taken off guard. Um, 
and they may not feel that they're qualified. And this may cause a lot of shock. It may cause a lot of embarrassment uh, to just take all the recommendations and say, well, this is what you all put forth. Uh, because we had recommendations of, of men that, that they felt that they were not qualified or they didn't have the desire for the, for the role. And what, what impact would it have made if I said, if I came up and said that these men are, are uh, recommended as elders and so they're going to be established as elders if, if there's not any problems with the qualifications? Well, if they're not ready for that and they don't want to do that, uh, they don't have the desire to be elders, um, you know, that's, that'll cause problems. <laughs> Uh, so you don't want to you don't want to just gather the list and announce it. You want to talk to these men individually. Uh, the first thing that I would do is congratulate them. I would tell them that it's an honor to be considered. Uh, that there are members of the congregation. You don't have to say how many uh, recommendations you were given. Um, you could just say that. Uh, you know, it's an honor to be considered because there's people in the congregation that, that feel that they uh, would look up to you as a shepherd. Uh, and so that's, that's quite an honor. But then I would ask them uh, two questions. Ask them if they have the desire to be a shepherd. Uh, and that's, that's very important. Um, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, or 1 Timothy chapter 3, rather, where there's the... Um, the qualifications of, of elders, uh, that's the very first thing. If anyone desires the work of an overseer, he desires a noble task, uh, that's, that's very important. Uh, if he doesn't have the desire to do it uh, and he's put into that position, he's not going to do it well. Uh, and so he must have a desire to, to be a shepherd. It really is a servant position. Um, and uh, sometimes when we think about elders and shepherds, you think about, well, they're the, they're the management, they're the bosses, the CEO and CFO, but uh, that's, that's not uh, what the eldership is supposed to be. They're servants, and so it's a desire to serve. Uh, they should have that desire, and hopefully by this time uh, you have established the role of elders, and you've talked about the work of, of elders in your teaching, and so they're familiar uh, with what the work requires. So they need to have the desire. You should ask if they have the desire to be elders. And then number two, you should ask, do they feel qualified for that position? Uh, you know, after considering the things that um, the scriptures say in Titus chapter 1 and First Timothy chapter 3, um, looking at those things, do they feel qualified uh, for uh, that position? That's very important, too, uh, because if they don't feel qualified for it, uh, they don't need to be considered uh, for the eldership. Um, and so if they answer uh, yes to these questions, they have the desire, they feel qualified to do it, uh, they should talk to their families about it. Uh, they should talk to their spouses. There doesn't need to be any, any announcements there doesn't need to be any putting forth of names until the family uh, has has okayed it, so that they're aware that this is going to take place, uh, and you should fill them in with the rest of your plan. Uh, there's more to this than just gathering names and these people just saying, okay, you know, I'll have the desire to do this. So you need to fill in with the rest of your plan. If you have dates uh, in mind as far as when you're going to be doing some things, uh, you need to let them know about those things. So you follow up with them, ask if they've talked to their family about it, um, and then if they're ready, you can go on to the next step. So if you have a plurality of men and they have agreed to take on the task of being elders, it's then time to bring these names before the church for them to consider. Uh, the church needs to have opportunity to express if they have any concerns about the qualifications. And so over the next month, after you announce those names uh, of those individuals that you've talked to, and you, you want to state all of this, I've, I've looked at your recommendations, and I talked to all of the men, and uh, these are the men that came back to me and said that they had the desire, 
and they felt that they were qualified for this position. So all of that needs to be stated. All of that needs to be, everything needs to be as transparent as possible. Um, and over the next month, you need to talk, talk about the qualifications of elders. Sunday morning. You know, it needs to be something where everybody is there. Um, you know, you're talking about the qualifications of elders. And you need to ask that if anyone has a concern over over a particular man and his qualifications, that a meeting needs to be set up and uh, there needs to be a discussion about uh, those qualifications. Uh, and you can refer them to you. Uh, you need to be the mediator. It doesn't just need to be uh, that person and the prospective elder uh, that's there. Again, you are the one that is establishing uh, you have the biblical authority, just like Titus was given that authority. Uh, there's the biblical precedent that is there. Um, so you ought to be the mediator if there are any problems. Uh, so you set up a meeting uh, between that person and the prospective elder. Uh, you aim to be an impartial third party. You pray with them at the meeting. Uh, the point of this is not preference. It's not your preference over the man. It's not your preference over the individual. Uh, it's not the individual's preference of the elder or not. Uh, but the point is truth. Is he biblically qualified? Um, what is the concern? Uh, is that concern legitimate? Or can uh, a understanding be uh, made that the person is qualified um, maybe there was a concern uh, and somebody was like well I don't know if they've ever been you know married before or I don't know if they've uh, you know I don't know very much about their children or you know there might be some other things um, that might be a concern uh, towards people and so uh, that needs to be uh, that needs to be addressed uh, those meetings need to be had, um, and hopefully, as a, as a mediator, as somebody that can just say, "Well, let's let's see what the Bible says," um, and that's really your goal is let's look and see what the Bible says. Does he fit what the Bible says? And if he does, then he's qualified to do this. Um, so, after all of that, <laughs> after you have you know, done each one of these things and you've, you, they've made the recommendations, you've talked to those men, uh, they've talked to their families, you've put the men forth, you've talked about all the qualifications, they've had a month, they've had a whole month to bring forth any issues uh, about these men. If everything goes as planned and there stands a plurality of men who have the desire to be elders and they have been confirmed by the church because they've no one has has said anything or all the all the issues have been resolved they are confirmed by the church then it's time to establish them as elders um, I want to reemphasize that before any of this takes place everything needs to be stated clearly I'm not gonna I'm not going to uh, you know, go light on the transparency thing. And it needs to be repeated. It needs to be repeated. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be continually done in a way that is thoughtful and considerate. Uh, you are aiming to keep peace in this uh, because it can be a difficult time for some. Um, and so you want to uh, you know, you, you, are, you are aiming to, to be transparent and humble through the whole process. Um, first, there's going to be teaching and training. Then there's going to be recommendations. Next, I'm going to talk privately to these men. Next, the congregation will review. If you have dates about when this is going to take place, if you're, doing the, if you're doing it like a month of recommendations, you can kind of say what the dates are. You can figure those things out. Um, and after all of that, you can announce when we will have our installment Sunday, our eldership Sunday. 
Um, I do want to talk about that uh, a little bit. You've gone through the process perhaps, and you've, uh, you know, you've been working towards this, this goal and this climax to what you're working for. Um, and so that installment Sunday should be a, a day of great joy. Uh, it should be a day of great encouragement. Maybe the lesson that you bring uh, that morning is uh, about our role as a congregation to support the elders, to honor them, uh, and to be the sheep that we ought to be. The scriptures do talk about that. Um, during the service, uh, you should have the new elders brought forward. Um, you know, and they should stand before the congregation. You should pray with them and commend them uh, to this work. You may choose to to come down from the pulpit or wherever you're standing. You may want to stand with them, put your hands on their shoulders, and you may need to explain that you're not transferring any power to them by, by putting your hands on them. Uh, you're not transferring any authority or power, but that there is a biblical precedence to do so as an act of respect, and that you're only doing so uh, as an act of commending them to the work. Uh, there is a biblical precedence for that. Uh, and so that is that is something biblical. It's something that you can do. Um, and so it may be very encouraging uh, for the elders uh, to see you unified with them in that way uh, as the leadership of the church. Uh, because even when the elders are established, uh, you're still a leader in the church. Uh, you are among the sheep under the shepherds and under their oversight. Um, but you're still a leader, and you should uh, have a relationship with them that that uh, uh, helps the church to grow. Uh, you should work as a team. Uh, that's a different discussion, but something that I just wanted to mention there. And I do want to say, um, finally, with all of this, uh, and most importantly, God establishes elders, not you. Uh, God, if, if it is time uh, and things have been done according to God's will, uh, God will establish elders. Uh, it's not going to be you. Uh, even though you've put a lot of effort into this, it will not be by your effort uh, that God establishes elders. Um, there's a process. There is the step-by-step, but for your sake and for the congregation's sake, you have to recognize that it is God that establishes elders. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, Paul acknowledges that the Ephesian elders were not made shepherds by Paul, but the Holy Spirit made them overseers. Um, and that's true today. Um, the Holy Spirit makes a man an elder. Uh, God leads a man to become who he is so that he is qualified uh, and that he can take on that position. Um, this whole process needs to be done prayerfully. It needs to be done with great study of the scriptures. It needs to be done with humility. There needs to be no arrogance on your part um, because there's a temptation. Well, I established, I established elders. That That's not an attitude that's that you need to have uh, because uh, it's it's God that establishes elders. And in the process, you should understand that it may not happen. Um, it may not be the time. I'm giving you what worked for me. Uh, and maybe uh, there are other ways. And certainly there are because these are just practical things. Uh, the Bible doesn't you know, give a step-by-step -step about how to do this. Um, but this is something that I've studied at for a long time, and I've looked at a lot of other resources about how to do this. Uh, and this works effectively here in Moultrie. Um, but I didn't establish the elders. God did. Um, if the whole process is successful, you need to remind the congregation of that, that it wasn't you. Um, there, there may be the temptation and, and certainly there will be individuals that come up to you and if this all works out and say, you know, thank you so much for doing this. And, 
you know, I'm so glad that you're here to, you know, do this. And uh, there may be some discussion about that, but there needs to be a reminder that, you know, that, that God established these elders, that it was by his word and by his work that led these men to develop the qualifications over their lifetime long before you ever started teaching about it. And because that's that's true. These men did not become qualified uh, for the position simply because you started teaching about it. Hopefully they've been the husband of one wife for a while and they've not been a new convert. You know, that they, they have established and they've shown themselves reputable in the community. You know, you, you, you see that he's a, above reproach and he's that kind of individual. Uh, your teaching should not be the only thing that made him that way. Uh, and it won't be uh, because uh, good elders, good shepherds uh, are built over a lifetime. Uh, they are built from the time that they are young children in the households that they grew up in and the experiences that they had uh, in their young adult life, in their middle life, uh, as they are older, uh, there is a developing process that makes these men into qualified leaders. And so it's not you that has made qualified elders, qualified shepherds. Uh, God brought that about. And you can be thankful that you're a part of God's plan uh, to help get the ball rolling, uh, to help do some practical things. Um, and maybe there is a little sense of pride there, but that, uh, that should only be uh, in the sense that, that God used you, uh, that, that you uh, were the hands and feet in the process um, because, uh, again, God is the one that does this. Um, I uh, don't really have much more to say about this, and I know that I've kind of flew through a bunch of things. Um, it's just me today. Uh, and so I just kind of wanted to lay all of these things out. Uh, there certainly was a process to all of this here in Moultrie. Uh, but I hope that this is, is helpful. Maybe you don't want to do all the steps where you are. And uh, I realized that doing this podcast, uh, doing this episode, I'm probably speaking to a, a much smaller audience than I usually am. Uh, but I think that this is a good resource. And maybe, um, maybe this is something that you can... Uh, save. You can save this episode. You can bookmark it. You can make a note somewhere. Uh, and maybe you come in contact with somebody that uh, needs some help in this area, a young preacher, or, or maybe they're not a young preacher. They're an older preacher, and they're not really sure about uh, how to go about the process. Um, maybe this can be a tool to help them. Um, something I've uh, been wanting to talk about for a while uh, and I think that this has a lot to do with ministry, depending on where you are. Um, I know a lot of young ministers that uh, they their first work uh, is uh, for a church that doesn't have an eldership. Uh, and that can be very difficult. Um, but hopefully in a process like this, there is a, there's transparency, there's humility, uh, there's the whole the whole point. Is to do things God's way and by his design. Because God designed the church to operate this way. To operate with shepherds um, who are doing that work of shepherding the flock. That aim to be reflections of the good shepherd, Jesus. Um, that, is, that is what we are supposed to be. That's, that's the model of the Lord's church. Um, so I just wanted to share my process uh, and, and share uh, these things to, to maybe help some uh, who are uh, particularly in, in need of this discussion. So uh, with that, we're going to have a prayer um, real quick and uh, a servant spotlight. So don't go away. God, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for our, the listeners of this podcast, Lord, and uh it may have not been relevant for, for some, uh, but I pray, dear Lord, that uh, if there is anyone here that uh, can find this beneficial, 
uh, that that you will uh, bring about your will and your work in the congregations where they serve and and hopefully um, with uh, with shepherds uh, the congregation can grow um, and as they strive to um, live and, and act and be organized in the way that you've designed Lord uh, we ask your Lord that you'll be with them uh, be with all the shepherds of the Lord's church uh, wherever they may be uh, whether they be in in this state or this country uh, or they be uh, somewhere else around the world uh, we pray for your shepherds your elders Lord in your church um, we are thankful for them uh, that step up and are true servants from the heart uh, who get into this role and, and are established by you and accept that appointment. Um, we thank you so much for their willingness to, to serve. And we ask dear Lord that uh, those elders around the world, uh, that their hearts be set in the right place, uh, that it's not about domineering over a congregation, but it's about serving. And we thank you so much, dear Lord, for uh, Jesus, the ultimate servant, and the Good Shepherd, uh, who teaches us how to be a servant, how to be a shepherd, uh, how to be a Christian, uh, how to follow after him and be true disciples. Um, so we thank you so much, dear Lord, for, for Jesus and the fact that his uh, blood is able to forgive us of our sins. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, this week, the Servant Spotlight uh, goes to Rossell Rabin. Uh, he's a member of this congregation. He probably will not uh, hear this. Uh, most certainly he will not hear this. Uh, uh, he is an older gentleman, uh, and he uh, makes his way in the church building uh, on a walker, uh, has very difficult hearing, um, and uh, he uh, has some mobility issues, and he's just he's just an older gentleman. But... Um, I have, have loved Russell my whole life, and he has known me my whole life. Uh, but uh, he is one particular individual that always uh, makes a point to, to speak to me and to encourage me and tell me that he loves me. Uh, and so uh, that is an incredible work. Uh, encouragement is, is such an important work in the Lord's Church. Um, and so while you may not be able to do a lot of the things that maybe you once did, or maybe you feel like, well, I'm not really sure what kind of work I can be involved in, uh, you can encourage. Uh, and uh, he's lost his ability to do a lot of things uh, because of his age and his health. Um, but uh, he is such an encouragement to me. Uh, and he's... I'm not afraid to say that he's one of my favorite people uh, because of the love that he shows towards others uh, and the, the genuine uh, concern and compassion and, and care and encouragement that he gives. Uh, and so Rossell Rabin has the, the servant spotlight this week. I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day, rest of your week, and may God bless you. Uh, as he watches over you and takes care, care of you each day.